Being as this year Erev Tisha falls in the Shabbos, there are a number of differences when Erev Tisha falls in Shabbos to an average year. So the first halacha, and that's uh, like every Shabbos, we ask him like the Shetus who hold if we don't show any signs of Avelis in Shabbos. If, even if Tisha itself would fall in Shabbos, would hold like that. in Kalva when Erev Tisha falls in Shabbos. If that's the case, the person should wear his Shabbos clothing like normal. Um, a person's also allowed to cut his fingernails tomorrow because the din of cutting fingernails is a din in the week when Tisha falls. And Tisha falls next week, not this week. So there's no problem cutting nails tomorrow. Obviously, to take a haircut or to shave, that's also because that's a din in the whole three weeks. Um, now, regarding preparing for Shabbos as far as washing goes, so the halach is like this. If a person, every Arab Shabbos is likely to go to the mikveh, that means every Arab Shabbos is likely to go to the mikveh, they can go tomorrow as well. The halach is if a person washes his hair with hot water on an Arab Shabbos every week, you can do that tomorrow also. As far as the rest of a person's body goes, so the covered Shabbos is allowed to wash himself but not enjoy the washing. That has to be clean for Shabbos. And therefore what the person can say is to wash himself one part of his body at a time and not in water which is like comfortable. It doesn't be freezing cold. It has to be slightly less than comfortable. So he's doing it just to, for the sake of getting clean and not more than that. The hair can be in hot water. Yes, that's the thing of, uh, if a person is like every week, hair in his face. Right, is, uh, that's the, if a person does every week, he can be master that tomorrow as well. Um, regarding, like I said, Shabbos clothing, a person can wear Shabbos clothing like normally. If you need it, you can use it. It's not a problem. Right, that's as far as preparing for Shabbos, as far as washing oneself and one's clothing. Similarly, if a person likes to polish his shoes before Shabbos, at least the shiny shoes, I should say, that would be mutter, to brush his hat would be mutter, that's not called laundering. Laundering is after using water to clean something. If a person's Shabbos suit got dirty last week, so the halach is a person's allowed to clean a dirty mark, not to put it through the washing machine and clean it properly, but if it's a stain, a person can do stain removal or clean just an area which got dirty, that's a mutter as well. Right. Regarding food for Shabbos, the halacha is that there's no restrictions on eating on Shabbos. A person can eat meat, drink wine in all three Shabbos meals, including shlishis, and that's even for a person who doesn't normally eat flesh-ex shlishis. So he can't say, well, since he doesn't normally do it, he can't do it this week either. He can eat what he wants, and he can eat, uh, like I said, flesh-ex all three meals of Shabbos. When a person brings in Shabbos is when he can start eating. He doesn't have to wait for shkir. So if a person's diving in early Friday night married and he's making kiddush even before shkir he's already allowed to drink the grape juice and he's allowed to eat after it's already called Shabbos however when a person is preparing for Shabbos in other words they're preparing the food so it's better not to taste uh, food which is fleshic or has wine in it when it's on Friday when you're doing it for Shabbos it's better not to taste the food unless the person who's cooking it uh, isn't sure that it's, it's Spiced properly, whatever it is, in which case we allow it to imabama, which means just to taste, not to actually eat. There's a mistaken name today which people give for tayameo, which means meant to be t- for the cook to taste the food for Shabbos that is good, but it really means to sample the Shabbos food on a Friday afternoon. That's also. There's no hazard to eat the Shabbos food which is fleshic on Friday. It means if the lady who's cooking wants to make sure that it's too, not salty, it's too salty, whatever it is, something like that, so you can taste a little bit just to see. How much it is, but that's less than a kadeitim is less than a kazais. It's a small amount just to taste. You can, she can swallow it? 
It's, sometimes if it's better just to test and spit it out, that's fine. If she needs to, she goes, well, so there's no small amount. Yeah. But best to spit it out. Right. That's as far as testing Shabbos. <coughs> right. That's, the, now. The, Does it make her flesh if she spits it out? Um, that's a good question. If it's uh, something she had to eat, then for sure it makes it flesh. The Ramah brings them in, like even to be machim, but something like a chicken soup or something like that, which even though there's no texture, it's just the flavor of the chicken, but it will render flesh also. The taz is the dinner of tasting. When a person sticks out their tongue to taste something, it doesn't put it into their mouth. So yes, if a person's just licking the food, but they're actually putting it into their mouth, so then they won't make the flesh ache. Right. That's a different thing. Okay. The Now, regarding the other restrictions on Shabbos. So normally in Arab Tishabav, there's a din that after Chatzos, the person's not allowed to learn. Um, it's already in keeping with the spirit of Tishabav, that we'll see, like we'll see. Even though the Ramah brings this minhag, Lagabe um, Shabbos as well, and he says that's why the minhag was not to say Perkavos on the Shabbos of Erev Tishabav, even though they say in those places where they say Perkavos every week, because it was learning Mishnayos. But Lamaisa, the vast consensus of Achronim argue with that, and they say that just like we don't restrict anything else in Shabbos, we don't restrict learning Torah on Shabbos either, which is why Beis Hashem will be obviously learning like normal in the shul, and anyone can learn as they normally do. There's no change um, because it's Erev Tishabav, Shabbos is Shabbos. Right, that's as far as Shabbos goes. Similarly, it's brought up a person normally as a Kiddush on Shabbos, they shouldn't change to Pesar of Tishabav, so the Kiddush and Shalak normal as well. tomorrow night. Shabbos is Shabbos, we don't mix a with Shabbos. Right. You can have guests as well. Right. So, Shabbos is a Machlaikis, but the Messiah is the of the Achronim. We hold it because of the Svar, there's no Averis for Hassan Shabbos. If a person normally has guests for Shabbos, you can have this week as well. We don't normally look to guests instead of a circus. That's what a person normally does. Or, for example, it's a family around the table and there are three adult men around the table at a normal meal. So then he's going to make a zimun. Like any Shabbos meal. That's what often. A person normally does in Shabbos. It's every week. It's, if he does it regularly, then that's the way he's he does have to change in Shabbos. Now, the, dif- the, the, the differences only come when it gets to Shkia. Because even though it's still Shabbos until Tzedek Echavim, but the fast starts by Shkir, and therefore when it comes to Shkir, which is this year is 749, a person has to stop eating and drinking. That's not a that's not showing a virus in Shabbos because a person doesn't have to eat the whole the whole of Shabbos. The person's not hungry, doesn't have to eat. And so then when it comes to Shkir, a person is asked to eat or to drink, um, but the person does not have to remove his shoes or his Shabbos clothing. Doing that with a virus in Shabbos, which we don't do, and therefore, it's like an interesting in-between period from Shkia until Shabbos goes out. On the one hand, the person can't eat or drink. But on the other hand, the person can't yet do anything which is going to show events, which means try and take off his shoes or, show, or take, change his clothing or whatever it is. So are there any that finish period? It's probably also not, better not, because for the same reason. It's a, now it's already Teshuvah. So it's actually not Teshuvah apply. Right. It comes once to Shabbos, the person should... It's a normal check. It comes Ben Ashmoshes, comes Mosse uh, Shabbos. The person should remember to say Baruch Hamavdil. And then he can change out of his Shabbos clothes, take off his shoes, obviously not sit in the chair anymore. And now the important talakha is that obviously we can't make Havdala on Mosse Tishabah because we can't drink. And we don't make Marimine Bissami on Mosse Tishabah because it's meant to restore a person's spirits, which we don't necessarily want to do on Tishabah. But a person is still Mokhiv to make. 
And therefore, after Shabbos, the person says, Baruch HaMavdil, he lights a candle, he says, Baruch HaMavdil, um, if you're at home, you should be moed to your wife because it's a suffix of days you have to make the bracha. And if it's best, the man makes it to your to his wife. And then once you've done bracha at that stage, you can do melacha. The havdalah was left for Moshe Tishabah when you're allowed to eat. And therefore, at the end of Tishabah, the person should make havdalah, which is only a girlfriend, and the bracha of a mavdil. Because the Baramarash already said, the uh, psalm, there's no point in saying it's not right after Shabbos. So we just left with our girlfriend and so now, so from Moshe Shabbos, we just make a Bari That's all. We say Baruch Hamad. Baruch Hamad. Right. Um, now. No, no, just the brachas. And uh, the, once it's already after Tishvav, the restrictions are less severe, and therefore a person is allowed to drink the grape juice for Avzad himself. He doesn't have to give it to the child. It's already after Tishvav. The idea of not eating meat and drinking wine until Chatzai is the next day, like we'll see, is only a minag. It's not the Ekedin. So when it comes to Havdara, which is a mitzvah, a person can drink uh, the grape juice themselves. For a person who needs to eat on Tishabav, for whatever reason, they need to make Havdara. Because that's a din in Shabbos. You can't eat after Shabbos until you make Havdara. And therefore, if a person is not well, or a lady who's just had a baby, whatever the case might be, people who are allowed to eat on Tishabav, they have to make Havdara first. If they have to make Havdara, they have to drink the kos. Um Here again, the Tishabav is not worse than the nine days, and therefore one should find a child to give them the kos to drink. If they can't do that and they have to drink themselves, they just have to drink the minimal amount, just like during the nine days, in order to allow them to eat. Right, that's as far as Havdalah goes on Moshe Tishabav, on Moshe Shabbos firstly, and the second part, which is on Moshe Tishabav, which is after, after the fast is out. Right, now let's talk about the restrictions of Tishabav itself. So when it comes to Tishabav, we have to differentiate between those things which are Asur and now the the Isurim of Tishabav, because the Isurim of Tishabav are also the whole day. Until the fast is out, the Isurim remain in place to the Minhagim of Tishabav. Because we'll see most of the Minhagim of Tishabav are change after Chatzos. So that, that's normally the, it maybe is one or two exceptions, but normally the rule of thumb is anything which is Asur is Asur the whole day, anything which is a Minhag changes by Chatzos. And the easiest way to remember it is the rules of what's also in Tishabab are also what's also in Yom Kippur. Chazal learned the one from the other one. What the Torah said is also in Yom Kippur, Chazal just transferred to Tishabab. So we have the five Inuyim, what we call, which are also on Yom Kippur Midaraisa and on Tishabab Midarabonin. And there's no Hatarim on these things, they're also the whole day. And they are not to eat, not to drink, not to anoint, anoint themselves, which is called Sicha. We'll talk about that, what falls in the category in a moment. Not to wash, um, not to wear shoes. And the Isra Tashim Shabbita. Those are all the Yisurim Medina of Tishabav, and they're also the whole day. The one, ex- the one added point, which is not also in Yom and is also in Tishabav, also Medina, is the Isra Tarantara. Now we'll see because that was a special Gazer of Chazal, and because Torah would make a person happy, which is not what we want in Tishabav. Right. The other dinim of Tishabav that we'll see are only Minhagim, and that's why they don't last the whole day. Okay, so let's go through these Yisurim one by one. The first one is not to eat. That's uh, obviously that's the second point of the fast, not eating, not, not to eat, and not to drink. Uh, anyone who's healthy and is able to fast is mukhayyaf to do that. Uh, and usually, for the Shulchan Aruch, he writes a Muslim about a person who eats and drinks in Tishabav that he won't be zaycha to, to see the redemption, he won't be zaycha to see the good. And if a person does fast in Tishabav, so he chose his Misavel in Yerushalayim, so he's not called Misavel in Yerushalayim, so he'll be zaycha v'raya so there's, yes, so there's a certain khumra to the fast of Tishabav, even though it's on Yimid 
that Rabbanan made it more chamur than the other fast days of the year. And that's why even people who would normally not be chayv to fast are chayv to fast on Tishabah. Right. Now, because of this, uh, you always get questions of people who have various medical conditions. And uh, I, don't, I don't do too many rules to say people should call up and ask if there's a specific issue they're dealing with or a certain medical condition they have. So it depends on the case at what stage they're allowed to break the fast. What I do want to say is that a person who is taking regular medication, for whatever the medication might be, they might be part of a course of antibiotics, or some people are on just steady medicine anyway, or things like that, that taking medication is not called eating. As long as you're not drinking with water, you're just taking the pill as a pill. It's not called eating, it's mutter to take prescription medication that a person is taking anyway on Teshuvah. Obviously, you can't drink with water, but just to swallow the pill as a pill, that's not, it's not breaking the fast. Even the liquid gel is the same thing. It's, a, it's medicine, it's not food. I'll even take it a step further. And that is, it's been asked already five or six times just today. And that is, what's the, what's the deal of taking caffeine pills on Shabbos? Caffeine pills on Shabbos. People often feel that the, the main thing that they suffer from on fast days is the lack of caffeine. They get headaches, they feel dizzy. And therefore, normally what they do it before a fast is they take a caffeine pill, which is a slow-release pill, and it gives them a caffeine boost through the day. And this year the problem is that Arab Tishav is in Shabbos. So can you take caffeine pills in Shabbos? A Vidyashiv Paskan that's Asr to take caffeine pills in Shabbos. That's a Chana. Most people aren't doing it for Shabbos, they're doing it for Tishabah. If that's the case, you can't do something on Shabbos, which is clearly being done for after Shabbos. And therefore, you're also taking caffeine pills on Shabbos. But I'm going to add to that, and that is if a person needs it, and otherwise they're going to get bad headaches, they're going to feel dizzy, or whatever it is, they could probably take the caffeine pill on Tishabah. For the same reason, it's not food. It's a chemical compound which simulates, which has a very high concentration of caffeine and lidocaine and other things, whatever it has in it. And lamaisa, it's just like any other medication. It's not food. And if that's the case, if a person feels that without it, they're going to be uh, unable to function, so or they'll get bad headaches or whatever it's going to be, the chorus is a head to take on tissue above itself. Right, that's as far as. Kalitzam, you have to know what they are. Uh, they have these various herbal or homeopathic things which they claim help people fast better. I would, re- I always recommend people don't try it out on Tishabah because uh, sometimes they work for people and sometimes it's exactly the opposite. The people who react very badly to them and they always said the worst fast they had is the one after they tried some of these preparations. So if you've tried it before and it works for you, okay. So but you, you can take it not on Shabbos because the same thing as Achana. If you're going to take it on Shabbos, you're going to have to mix it into another food. Like yeah. pour into a, pour into a cup of apple juice or whatever it's going to be, and it's not nikah you're doing something for after Shabbos. And when it says no, this is not taking a rice for. We talk about homeopathic medication, what it's going to do to it if you mix with other things. Sometimes these things uh, react badly to each other. But whatever the case is, if it wouldn't be what to take on Shabbos, something which is only being done for after Shabbos, that's a chana. Or we have to take it in a way which is not nikah they're taking it for after Shabbos. To take it on Shabbos on Tishabav. Again, if it's medicine, then it's okay. If it's these homeopathic things, which might just be like random uh, plants of whatever nature they are, I'm not sure that's called the medicine, that might be also taken to Shabbat. And this preparation, you have to make it before Shabbos, you can make it on Shabbos? You can make it before Shabbos, and then you can take it on Shabbos. If it's not nicker, then it's what you do. Right, that's just now. Mr. Dwarf said that if you can't drink the water, let's say a person needs to drink the water to take the pill. No problem. It's a, then, then it's a question of how sick he is. Yeah, a question of how sick he is. You have to be a mamish or to allow him to drink. 
someone is properly sick, and without taking the pill, he's going to get sick, or he is already sick, so he might need something to drink. Otherwise, just to take pills, you can take with... No, I don't say He's a perfectly proper chayla. It's not like you can take Advils, whatever it is, because you can take them, but not with water. Right. Now, look, when it comes to drinking, I'm saying this now, Mirosh, obviously I'm not asking Mirosh for whatever what might happen, people should ask the shayla, but just to be aware of the fact they're claiming there's going to be a heat wave in Israel starting tomorrow and peaking on Sunday, which is just perfect timing for Tisha B'Av. And there's always a chashash of people dehydrating, especially if they're predicting temperatures of 34 degrees. So, yes, I know. I got a kasha this week from a stalman of mine who's in Tucson, Arizona, where temperatures are 47 degrees. If they can drink a Tisha B'Av, that's a completely different story. People are dying. It's, uh, that's much dangerous. Here, yeah, it's not as bad as that. But nevertheless, at the temperature where people can dehydrate, so obviously the, the best answer is take precautions. You know, don't go out in the hot sun and don't be in a place where it's likely a person is going to dehydrate, but definitely dehydration is definitely a, a dinner of the sakana, and if a person starts dehydrating, they are allowed to drink. Again, what the sinanima, oh, that's uh, a person should ask how they, based on how they feel, but that would be a makam, which is considered a makam sakana, which a person would be allowed to drink. Right, okay, that's as far as eating and drinking go. When it comes to children, when it comes to children, we find by Yom Kippur that there's a din of training children for a year or two beforehand to get used to fasting. There's no major chinuch on little children not even Tisha B'Av. It's brought that it may be near to Barabbasne, so we should delay them eating in the morning for a little bit. They can have lunch and have breakfast, whatever it is. But uh, younger than that, they definitely don't have to mechanic children to fast. The other thing is that we don't give them fancy foods. Like it's brought in the Mishaburah. Because it's still a day of and therefore, even if we want to feed our children or whatever, whoever might need to eat, they can eat simple foods that they need just to keep themselves healthy. But obviously, it's not a day for uh, to party. Now, why I'm saying why I'm saying this is is because this is a very very common question, and that is most for not, I can't say most, but for many families, the way they survive tishavav is they stock up a full nash cupboard beforehand. And they just let the kids help themselves the whole day long, and that way the children, the parents can survive the fast. So it's not the best thing to do. It's not the best thing to do because we don't want our children to enjoy Tisha B'Av that much. Right? <laughs> right, exactly. We don't want that. So if a person has to find activities for them to do, I don't have a problem with that. If a person will go out tomorrow and find activity things for them to do or things to occupy themselves, whatever it would be, that's okay. It's maybe even, even advisable because if the parents don't have the kayak to run off to the kids late in the afternoon or they're coming to shul to hear the drushes, so then if you find your children safe activities, that's fine. Um, but uh, to, to the way to keep them occupied for four or five hours just by eating endless amounts of candy uh, is not in the spirit of Tisha B'Av. And one point I want to say, and that is, as we said, the nine days is a Zvan Sakana. We spoke about this once before. Kalvachim and Tisha B'Av is a Zvan Sakana. One doesn't look to do dangerous things in Tisha B'Av. And therefore, the other eight, so which is just people who say that they want to rest, and if the kids go outside and just take care of yourselves on, the, on your own on the street on the whole of Tisha B'Av afternoon, is also not advisable. It is a Zmansakana and Lerleinu. There have been many cases of tragic stories which have happened in Yerushalayim to kids on Tisha B'Av afternoons. Um, where it's car accidents are falling out of windows or hurting themselves all kinds of other ways. So it's a Zmansakana. We would want to look after our children on Tisha B'Av too. Like I said, the best thing is find them activities which are not dangerous activities and can keep them busy in a calm and safe setting. Right, that's as far as eating and drinking go. Now let's talk about wearing shoes. So we all know that Allah wants one to wear leather shoes. Shoes which are not leather, even if they're comfortable, whether they're cloth shoes or crocs or anything else, is mutter. Um, 
Chazal went goes on the comfort. Chazal goes on on dafka shoes made out of leather. And we see even in times of the Gemara, they had other things which were not leather shoes, which they would wear on, on Tisha B'Av or Yom Kippur. What's the meaning of leather? It's a chashivus. Yeah. Not our mastery over animals or something. Maybe, maybe, but I haven't explained it, but that's what the little guys are. Okay. Right. When it comes to the Isra of Rechitz on Tishabab, not to wash on Tishabab, so what's what's in the category of washing? So that's anything which a person's even putting his hands in the water, we restrict, and therefore the only times wanted to wash are in Thursday time in the morning, which is only the length of the fingers, like everyone knows. If a person goes to the washroom, most is that a wash until the ends of his fingers. If a person gets himself dirty for whatever reason, so then he's not to wash his fingers, the same thing. Obviously, if there's a somewhere else in the person's body, he gets dirty. He trips his way to shul, and now he's got mud all over his face. He's not to wash of actual dirt. But more than that, he's not allowed to wash. It's considered a tainug, it's something of pleasure, and therefore it's also on Tisha Even people ask the question this week, are they allowed to wash up the dishes after Shabbos? They don't like to leave all the, the pots or the dishes piled high in the sink. They don't wash off the Shabbos. And their answer is better not. Because there's two issues. So one is is doing Adam and Lachat We'll talk about that next. But first, it's also the fact that they're going to get their hands wet. And therefore, uh, it's brought that if a, for the same reason, when it comes to preparing food, that if a person should try and avoid uh, getting their hands wet while they prepare food, again, if, it's no, if there's no option, if there's no option, a person is to prepare food for their children, let's say, and they have to get their hands wet in the process, okay, there's no option, but if we can avoid it, we avoid it. They would be there, so wearing glass. So that's true, they wouldn't get your hands wet, but there'll be the other issue of doing unnecessary malach and tishba, which we'll talk about soon. Okay, so what a person needs to wash, let's say, what's the minimum which a person has to do to wash his hands in the morning so he can daven, or if he wants to wash his hands before minchot so he can daven, or to make a broth, whatever the case is, that's mutter. More than that, unnecessarily washing one's hands is, or any part of his body is also. Right. Similarly, it's also to rinse out one's mouth on Tisha B'Av. Besides the fact that the person might end up drinking some of the water, it's also considered rechitza. So a person should try not to do that. If a person is really uncomfortable without washing out his mouth, then you should use something which isn't drinkable. A kind of strong mouthwash, which isn't something he can drink, and then at least it has the eight so that it's not a, there's no chashash he's going to drink it. Okay, but again, if it can be avoided, it should be. Now, when it comes to anointing oneself, what's in the category of of sikha? So anything which is there to either to enhance one's appearance or a person, it's an enjoyable sensation. So, for example, once upon a time, they used to rub oil on themselves, and that would be osir. In the same notion, to rub a moisturizing cream today would also be osir. It's only been done for taina. To use lipstick or any other kind of ladies' makeup would be osir. It's only been done for beauty. So all these things are also. What's mutter? Well, any kind of medicated cream. If it's coming to refer, the one goes and refer. And therefore, anyone has a heat rash or eczema or mosquito bites or anything else they want to or like that, which they want to use a cream to relieve an irritation or to relieve a, a pain, that's mutter. And uh, same thing, if a person wants to put insect repellent on themselves, no one sprays mosquitoes spray on themselves because they enjoy it. It's just that to prevent us from getting bitten, that would be mutter as well. Right. The big shayla, which is not really resolved, it's a big machalik safari scheme, is what's the din of deodorant? Or antiperspirant or things like that. Is it a tainuk or is it coming to prevent the problem? And it will make an afgamina what the din is, and as if it's something which a person enjoys, then it would be oser. If it's just there to prevent the effect of not wearing it, then it would be mutter. 
so then it would be like, a, so what, what, which one is it? The, it's hard to decide, basically, because it has two elements, which are both true. There's uh, the person who divided on the issue, and that's why we normally say when it comes to Tisha B'Av, when a person, if a person feels he needs to put on the adherent, we can send in the Sophic Rabbanan, he can be Mekel, when it comes to Yom Kippur, when it's in the Sophic Derais, the person should be Mechmet. But it would spray or roll on? It doesn't make a difference. It's the same uh, effect on the skin. Okay, that's... Sunscreen? Sunscreen's water. It's prevents uh, prevents getting burnt, that's not a problem. Right. That's as far as as Sikha goes. So those are the yeah. Those are the restrictions of Tishabab um, that we spoke about. And the last one is learning Torah. The is of learning Torah is the plan is because a person would enjoy learning Torah and would take his mind off the Avedis. However, Chazal didn't want to waste the day of a person's life where he can't do anything. And therefore, they just redirected it. There's enough available material that a person can learn on Tisha B'Av that he doesn't have to waste the time. It's just uh, something which is more focused on Avedis. So therefore, whether it's learning the Gemara, as we talk about the Chorban, or learning Hilchas Avedis, whether it's in the Gemara or in the Shulchan Aruch, or whether it's learning the Pesukim and the Nach, which talk about the Chorban, or talking about the punishment, whether it's in Eov, or it's in Eicha, or it's in Yirmiya, or it's in Yechesk, or any of those forms of Nach, we're talking about Puranus, or it's the various Midrashim about the Chorban, or the base of English, wherever it would be, there's lots of available Torah to learn. They also bring Sefer Eov. Sefer Eov because even though Eov is nothing to do with the Chorban, there's also an analysis of how a person is meant to approach and deal with tragedy, to deal with pain. And therefore, Chazal understood that some of the persons are allowed to learn on Tishabab as well. Um, is a person allowed to say to Hidim on Tishabab? The answer is better not. Now, anything which is, which is part of the davening is not called learning. So we dive in the normal sukkah even though we're saying to Hidim. We dive in the normal creation, even though there's a sukkim. And we say whatever, whatever's part of the davening, we can say. Whatever is not part of the davening, so then we don't, we don't want to say that's, that's considered learning, and therefore we don't say it. Therefore it's brought down that if a person who normally puts on his tefillin says all four parishes which are written on the tefillin, he shouldn't say them on Tisha because it's not part of the davening, that's, that's just learning sukkim. Right. Karbanas, which a person always says he can say, but uh, the Karbanas Nadava, which is brought to a person wants to say extra, so he shouldn't say Tishabah. Right. And then people always ask the question that they've undertaken to do uh, whatever it is for a certain amount of days, whether it's Perakshiro or Shirashirim or Ten Kapitach Tehillim or Dafyami or whatever else it is, is there a to do these things in Tishabah? And the answer is no. These aren't part of the davening, these are learning. And uh, if that's the case, a person should either do it in the Shabbos afternoon beforehand. Or Masi Tishabav afterwards, either one, but not on Tishabav itself. The Isra of Learning Torah um, applies the whole day. Okay, that's as far as Lister of Tishabav. Now let's talk for a moment about the Minhagim of Tishabav. We have five Minhagim of Tishabav also. The first Minhagim is not a sun in a chair, and that's again the Minhagim of Tishabav are Simane Avelus. Right? With Chazal wanted to recreate the feeling that we should feel we're missing something, we're mourning, and therefore they took some of the Minhagim of Avelus and they applied them to Tishabav. So the first one is just like an oval, as to sit on the ground, you can't sit in the chair. Um, same thing with Tishabav, we sit either on the ground or on something which is within three tachum of the ground, and then a blavud is within 30 centimeters of the ground, it's, it's lower down, it's like, it's like on the ground. Um, again, being as this is only a minag, it only applies from Tishabav night until Chatzos. After Chatzos, one can sit in the chair. Um, for people who, for whatever reason, it's hard for them to get down and sit in the chair. Right? Uh, either people have back conditions, or 
whatever reason, it's hard for them to stand from that, from the, from being too low down. Again, it's only a minog, and if a person can't, you can sit in a normal chair. It's obviously better to sit lower down, that's halacha, but it's uh, it's not of the same level of severity as the restrictions of Teshuvah. That's the first one. The second minog is not to be tefillin. If it's possible to advise to stand, then just stand. If it's impossible to stand, or a person's driving a car, so he has to sit. So then you have to sit, there's nothing to do about it. That's not, that's uh, if it's a, one could avoid it, one could avoid it, one should avoid it. Now, the second minag is not to mitfilin. Again, a din in Avedis. A din of an Avel is that the day of the Misa, he doesn't mitfilin. Chazal wanted to recreate that same din, and that's why on Tishuba of morning, one doesn't wear his talus and doesn't wear his tefillin. Right, but again, at the end of the minag, it doesn't apply the whole day, and as when it comes Mincha, we do put on talus and tefillin. Now, just a side thing which is important to know, and that is normally for all of us who are married, we, every morning, we make our bracha on the talus. And the reason is, is even though we also put on tzitzis before that, but since the mice we're going to put the talus on within a short amount of time, we're putting in our tzitzis, so we have the kavana on the bracha of the talus, we might see both. However, on Tishabov, since the mice, if you're getting dressed in the morning, and you're putting on tzitzis, and you're only going to put on your talus in eight hours' time this afternoon, so you're going to have to make a bracha on the tzitzis. It's not, it's not going to be covered by the bracha of the talus later. If that's the case, you have to either make the bracha on the tzitzis, or you can decide for once to be machmir, like the shit that we saw, to go to sleep with the tzitzis on. In which case, if you're sobbing, you have to make the bracha on them, then you can rely on the bracha of the talis later. Uh, on the tzitzis? On the If a person does that, then you wouldn't have to make a bracha in the morning. According to the shit that we saw, that since still wearing it, it's not a new, it's not a new thing. If a person is, takes off his tzitzis and puts it back on again, and he's not wearing a talis, then you have to make a bracha on them. Okay, that's the second minag. The third minag is to take the parechas of the Aron Kodesh. Again, it's also meant to show uh, Avelus from the Pazik Beit Sam Rasai. And once again, it's only until Chatzais. After Chatzais, the person is allowed to, we, we do put the parechas back on again. The fourth minag is not to do melacha. The Isra of doing melacha on Tishabav is not an Isra, it's a minag. And the Gemisha says clearly in Tzachim, there were Mokoyimists that were like yes to do melacha, and Mokoyimists that were like not to do melacha. Right, the Shekhalarov brings that, at least we understand in most places today, on Mokoyimists that there were no not to do Melacha, and if that's the case, until Chatzayis, the person shouldn't do Melacha. Now let's know what that means. What's called Melacha? So we're not talking about Melacha like Shabbos. You're allowed to switch on the lights. You're allowed to use a pen to write down something. A Melacha, the Mishaburus, or something which takes concentration and time. Now something a person does agav, while he's busy doing whatever he's doing, that's not considered a Melacha for Teshuvah. A melacha teacher is something a person has to work on, takes effort and takes focus, and he's busy with that. And the reason why Chazal said it's also to melacha and Tishabab is that they don't want people to get distracted from the Avedis. So if a person gets lost in whatever activity he's doing, he's going to forget about the Avedis. And if that's the case, um, it defeats the purpose of Tishabab, which is to remember the Avedis. So Chazal uh, um, forbade people from being involved in things which are going to be absorbing and take their mind off the of Tishabab. And so people always say, oh, the teacher, I have this extra few hours. The best thing is some time to clean out my garage or to go through all my papers or to, you know, to do all my accounts or whatever it is. You're not meant to be doing that. Right? The idea of teacher isn't just to looking to kill time. The idea of teacher is a person meant to be focusing on the Khurban. And that's why Chazal asked doing Milacha because that takes the person's mind off the Khurban. But regardless, it's a Milach. And therefore, if a person does need to do Milacha, after Chazal is not Asr. After Chazal is not Asr. It's actually interesting, it's brought down that the reason why there's so many kinas is because they, they, they try to keep people in shul until chatzais. So that way no one would have the temptation to go and do melacha before chatzais. 
after after Chatzos, people was not asked to do melacha. It's just, it is, however, brought down in the Gemara that money, a person makes some tissue above and the rise of a bracha lailu. And he's not going to get any bracha from income on tissue And therefore, even if a person needs to do melacha, there's no choice, okay, he has to do it. Um, but uh, to think that that's now an opportunity to, be, to strike it rich, right? even if it's, it would be muttered to work this afternoon, it's not a, there won't be some bracha in that money. Sorry? Oh, so now, what melachas are mutter? Or oh, yes, are better to be left, let's word it like this, what melachas are better to be left in Tishbub afternoon and not Tishbub morning? So the first one is cleaning up from Shabbos. That's, that's in the category of melacha, which is, takes a person's time and his uh, focus. And therefore, it's better to leave the house as is until at least Chatzos, and afterwards you can clean up. No, throwing out garbage is not a, not a shiur. Cleaning up the house is a much bigger deal. Wash the dishes, wash the floor, throw everything away, whatever it is. And after Chatzos, it would be a lot. Right. Like Melacha. You will have Melacha after Chatzos. Is it proper to put away the shabbos table cloth? That's not a big deal. But I'm saying the general clean up of the house is a big deal, and that's supposed to do later. Right. And those ladies who feel that uh, it disturbs them that the house is a mess or whatever it is, okay, that's part of Tisha That adds to the feeling. Right. Same thing, cooking for after the fast. It's mutter, but only after chatzos. Also, it's considered melacha, and therefore it's mutter for after chatzos. It's better to wear gloves? Uh, what a person needs to do is doesn't say the person you have to wear gloves. It's so a person shouldn't dafka wash his hands necessarily, but if he has to, in the example, is washing a fruit or a vegetable to cut it up, whatever it is. So, it's, uh, okay, if his hands get worth in the process, it's not awesome. Okay, um, now I'm just going to digress for a moment. And that is, on this thing that Chazal made a takana, not to do melacha, because they don't want people to be Messiah Ta'ash from the Tainis. So, Lemaisa, this is always a question, because that's exactly what people tend to do. Right? Whether it's not doing melacha, it's by reading novels or magazines or whatever else. We don't even talk about people who are using. Uh, computers for entertainment, whatever, things like that. But the mice, uh, uh, that's the mice, uh, it becomes a, a way to try and distract oneself to keep oneself busy for the hours of Teshuvah. That's not what Chazal had in mind. Chazal didn't want us to distract ourselves from Avedus. Uh, uh, if, if already, they would, they would have let us learn Torah. Right? The Chazal didn't want uh, the even asked learning because they wanted people to think about the Avedus. And there's a big to Ellis in doing that. Like we'll talk about Vez Hashem on Teshuvah night, why Chazal had such an Indian for us to. Focus on Avedis. Chazal had in us to remember it, not to forget it, to think about it, to be to, to, to be alive in us. And that's what we meant to, even if it's only one day a year, but at least for that one day a year, that's what we meant to be doing. Right. That's as far as um, doing things which are... Now, uh, as an extension of that, so already the Avedis is Avedis of Yishalayim, but as an extension of that, we understand anything which is part of the Gezeira of Godus would fall into that category also. And therefore, we see even in the kindness themselves, there's some kindness which refer to events which happened way after the Khorban and not in the same place. There's a kindness about the Sifra Talmud which were burnt in Paris in 1242. There's a kindness about the, the kindness who were destroyed in the First Crusade of 1096. There's a kindness of the, the of, we don't even know what it was, some Jewish community in the time of the Second or Third Crusade who was also, they, they, they killed each other not to have to be forced to convert to Christianity. These are nothing to do with necessarily the Chumar Yishalayim, but we understand this is all a continuation of the Goddess. And therefore the Holocaust definitely, definitely was a part of the Goddess. It was definitely one of Clay Israel's biggest tragedies. And if a person wants to think about a Goddess and think about the Tsar, 
so to speak, by reading about the Holocaust, then for sure that definitely is, is appropriate to Shabbat. So the idea is somehow to connect the feeling of, of loss and Right, and right. That's what we want to feel. Right. If there would be a bris and tishabab, so that's a deraisa, it's teichet tishabab, and therefore even if people can't eat, but definitely we'll still do the bris ceremony on tishabab and uh, give the give the kais to a child like we always do when an adult can't drink. Okay, two more halachas I wanted to mention. We'll finish with that. The first one is the first one is that kiyadur the minag is to say kiddush levana after tishabab. We couldn't say it before that, and we can't afford to wait another week because next Shabbos will already be the 15th, and therefore we're going to have to do it um, afterwards, and therefore we look for the first opportunity is after Tisha B'Av. Why, why not today? Why after Tisha Because you're meant to be happy to say Kiddush Nirvana, and in the nine days, you're not happy. You don't do the nine days? You don't do the nine days because it has to be Simcha. And right now we don't feel any Simcha. So the things after Tisha B'Av, then you feel Simcha. Now the question is, what do you have to do after Tisha B'Av? Is there enough just the fact that Tisha B'Av is other? That you can take Kiddush Nirvana, or do you have to first um, eat and uh, then you feel better from the past and change your shoes and whatever it is, and then you then then say Kiddush Nirvana? There are different opinions about this. There are different opinions about this. The Maisa, which we know Ignacio in the Shul, is to say Kiddush Nirvana right after Tisha B'av, and around the opinion that you want to do that, even if you still haven't eaten. There, and uh, some years, what we do is to bring food to the Shul so people can eat before making. Kiddush Nirvana this year doesn't work because people have to come to make Avada. So we can't we, we can't run that But most people, given the choice of making Kiddush Nirvana around after Tisha B'Av or coming back at an hour later to recongregate and say Kiddush Nirvana later, we prefer to say it uh, right after Marib. And since the Asha doesn't allow that, we can around those opinions to say Kiddush Nirvana right after Marib. Those who are going to be coming back anyway for that, so if you have a minion later, say Kiddush Nirvana later. It's better than Chachila. It's better if you have a little bit of a minute. I have to run away because I find I get a headache or forget whatever. So I do it. Right, it's fine. The ashes are allowed right away. That's what I'm saying a person wants to run the other opinion and make sure that he's going to eat first and change his shoes first. So then, okay, then they should look for a minion to say Kirishavana later. Question. Um, you said the reason we don't do Kirishavana until Tishvav is we don't want that sense of, to enter that sense of joy. Right. But mostly Tishvav, we still. All the the except for eating. So we're about to talk about that. Now, what are, what's the din of you asking the question? A good question. Let's just first explain the halacha and then we'll answer your question. That's the last thing I wanted to address. The halacha is of Masi Tishabav until Chatzah the next day. Oh, very good. Yeah, sorry, that was, I told you the five I mentioned four. The last thing is Shayla Shalom. We don't greet each other on Tishabav. That's it's a minute, it's a din of Avelis. But I said it's an exception. I said Moses apply until Chatzah. That's the one which applies the whole day. One doesn't greet the whole day, it's a din of Avedis also. The novel is, doesn't, doesn't greet people. And ever since we all have Avedis, we don't greet each other. Right, what's the din of Matzah Tishabav? So the halakha of Matzah Tishabav is that it's, it's being as the base of Mikdash was still burning until the next day. So therefore it has some of the restrictions of the nine days, but not all. People think that the Matzah Tishabav is exactly the same as the nine days. There are differences. There are differences. The first one is what we call Shah If a person needs to wash his clothing, if a person needs to wash himself, whatever it is, it's more makeable on the nine days. So if a person is actually flying or, or has to go on a trip on Monday and he doesn't have a chance to do his laundry, or in a case where the will fall on Thursday and tomorrow's day of Shabbos, then it will be mutter to, to launder, to wash whatever will be on Mutter Tishabah. It won't be better than the nine days. 
Right? If a person has, say, if there's a shas at Tzarech, or if a person's getting married on Tuesday, or whatever it is, and therefore he needs to uh, wash or, or whatever other rest- restriction he would need to be over on, that would be mutter as well on Mutter Deshabah. Right. Besides, uh, I think Shechan Rosli Mutter. It's not a dinner in three weeks anymore. It's not, that's a dinner at a time, which is not a good time. The dinner of the restrictions of the Tisha is just a continuation, so to speak, of because of his nation's burning. So it's okay. I think Shechan is okay. There's the Indian not to eat meat and drink wine on Mata Tisha B'Av, unless it's Surah's Mitzvah. And, but here there's, even here there's a difference. Because in the nine days, we don't just ask the people eating meat and drinking wine, we even ask the people eating the food which was made with meat or wine. And therefore, for example, if a person has a chance, even if there's no meat left, he's not allowed to eat the potatoes or the beans, whatever else it's going to be through the nine days, because it has all the flavor of the meat. On Mata Tisha B'Av, there's no issue in eating food which has the flavor of meat. It's only eating meat itself. Right, this, that's one restraint difference. On Arab Shabbos, you'd be allowed to feed your children shalom that was made in a place without meat? It was made in a place without meat, and it's fine. The problem is... No, it's not time. It's not what we mean. 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 It's not but being as these are only kilo, the, the period of the three weeks ends with the end of Tishabab, and therefore that sense, that sort of sense of it's like a bad time for Klai Yisrael, or sense of that it's a time of danger, or sense of that it's a time of mourning, ends with Tishabab, and therefore even though the restrictions continue, but the master can already take it to It's not we're not in the same spirits of being being sad. Um, that's the basic theme of the halachas. Um, you mentioned that Kishabana coming back to say Kirish Yeah. Like is it has to be it's supposed to be with a minion or it's better to say with a minion. Minion is that you have to be because we make a minion. Right. As I'm saying, if you have an option now with a minion or later without a minion, so it's probably better to use to say it with a minion. You also said that in the shul we're gonna be saying right after. So yeah, for the in order for that. Right. Okay, that's just negate to Kishabab. Um Maybe the last the last was also a minak which isn't as much done as it used to be. It's brought to Sukhanarach that there was a minak to go to the basic bars in Tushaba. Um the reason for that was that people should feel that Kilo we also like the Mason. It was a way of making people feel more Avedus. Um it pretty much fell out of favour because like the first came right, that when they used to have communal trips to the basic bars, it turned more into an organized tour than a, a sad experience. And therefore, we said if everyone's going to you know, to, to, to visit Kvarim, so it becomes an activity, which is what not, we're not meant to be doing at Tisha B'Av. And therefore, if a person wants to go, he should go as a Yachid by himself. And whatever it is, or maybe with one other person, not in a communal sense. So once it became something which isn't done communally, so it kind of fell into uh, disuse. No, it's not such a common minute anymore. There was such a minute that was brought in the Ramah. What we try to do today is, in order to provide people with the inspiration, um, which or at least the focus in the Vedas, like person Astral and many other places also, is to to find people who can be Darish and talk about the Yanish and uh, for people it's now it's hard for them to focus on their own learning, at least to listen to a shira or to a speech on the topic, which works the same way of to remind us and talk about the Vedas, so that's fulfilling what you're meant to be doing uh, in the spirit of Tishabaf. We finished the bracha that's
we said beforehand, have is Mitzalur Shalayim, and use this of the way it's meant to be. It will be Zeichav Rebbe Binyana.